Welcome to the Way Niagara podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Berta, here with Chris Dogleish and Steve Lamar. Later in the program, you will get to meet a member of our community that is making a difference in the lives of children. But before we go there, we are going to continue our conversation about the book, What If Jesus Was Serious About the Church, by Sky Jatani, with this thought that God has reconciled a people and not just individuals to God. So Chris, can you help us understand what Sky means in this area? Yeah, he's pointing out that, uh, you know, we have a different concept of of community theology, really, how we relate as a community to God, how we as a community understand God, and says that we, you know, in our North American context, it's just about us and God, and everyone else is just about their individual relationship with God. But biblically, it's very much more about a community and the relationship with God. And specifically, if we look at Daniel, Daniel, um, throughout the story, I would say lived almost blemish free, like he he walked a very righteous kind of lifestyle. But when he would call out in petitions to God, he would say, we have sinned, we, we have grieved you, it is our unfaithfulness and, and our uh, sins that have put us in this position. So he took the community, the, the, the spirituality of you are our father, like we, we as a community relate to you as our father and we together have sinned, even though he himself individually wasn't a participant in, in the things that would have been uh, marked as sin against people. He recognized that he was responsible for, for his brothers and sisters and together as a people, they needed reconcile. And we're like that in this day and age. We have people all around us that we're like, we grieve for. And I even think about the Lord's Prayer, that it's all us, mm-hmm. our Father, lead us mm-hmm. not into temptation. And that's not to say that individuals don't sin. Yes, because we all have our own sin issues. And yes, there is that point where we do need to come to that realization of sin and make our, our move of repentance and acceptance of Jesus. We're not denying that. What we're saying is that We can't just look inside our individual self that we are actually trying to do this together. That we are the bride of Christ. We are a collective to some degree. And even when we think about some of the things that have happened in, in our society, even if we didn't have a direct role in creating whatever issue there is, we are in some ways responsible for maybe writing the wrong or moving forward to kind of that next mm-hmm. level, even if we are not our individual selves guilty of an offense, that's right. We are still responsible to help make it better. Yeah. 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 And without that community too, uh, putting that focus back on the multiple people, uh, who are you getting discipled by? If you're alone in your relationship with God, who are you discipling? If you're alone in your relationship with God, Mm. that's really good yeah and i think if we're not participants in recognizing that we are all uh, we're, we're we're sharing a community of faith with all different people in all different walks then we quickly become judges of those people 
and go, hey, oh, I, like I see their sin and I judge them rather than participating in it and going like we as a people are, are wounded and grieving and need more of you, God, more of you to move in our community. You know, we need an outpouring of your spirit to bring healing and truth, not just on us sitting in this room or sitting in this uh, home group uh, petitioning you God to move but we need you to move in our communities in our circles and in all of the places that that there's a lack of you God we need you know we need your light to penetrate the darkness and that's where our responsibility as the church is to petition God to bring that light into all the corners of where he's planted us in this community bring that light penetrate that darkness and I think when we when we realize we're not going to be forceful evangelists, we're going to be loving leaders, and we're going to engage people where they're at, uh, participating in in as much community driven stuff rather than program that the church has, expecting them to come to us. That's when we take an ownership for our community and go. The community is already creating an atmosphere to allow us to participate, to engage them and to walk with them. Let's go. Let's bring our light. Let's bring our energy. Let's bring our, our wealth. Let's bring our talents and share it with the community so that through that, we are sharing our faith. It reminds me of a number of years ago when I went to Europe and I walked a kilometer down what used to be the Berlin Wall. Mm. And there were homes that were torn down. There was all kinds of things that were destroyed to build the wall. But one thing was a church. Hmm. And the church was rebuilt after the wall came down. And it was called the Church of Reconciliation. Hmm. And that has always struck me that you, you kind of put words to it, right? That there was 30 years or so of the Cold War of divisions between a city. Mm-hmm. And between a country where people were not able to move around and all of this, I'm not trying to get into the politics of it, but there was a deep division in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And to see on the site where that used to be, a church just called the Church of Reconciliation, it just moved me yeah. so much. And it actually leads really well into the next point here that says, if Jesus was serious, then his church should mend social divisions and not reflect them. Yeah. And if we look at you know the last couple of years in North American history, how divided culture and society has been, and oh, and if you you know if you're a Christian, you need to vote this way, and if you're like this, you need to think this way, and and I'm not saying that hasn't happened in the past, mm-hmm. you know, in in the past it may have been more violent, but just even seeing just the division in people's hearts yeah. has actually been really hard to watch, like. I've even had some people not really want to talk to me because I wasn't willing to overtly agree with them on a certain thing. I wasn't trying to be divisive. I wasn't being disagreeable. But non-agreement to some has actually become an -hmm. attack. And so Mm -hmm. I guess the question to, to you guys is, is how, as the church, can we mend those social divisions rather than just reflecting them or amplifying them. Yeah, I think that's the word is uh, we don't want to reflect or reinforce the, the thinking, right? Um, 
and I find this I find this to be a very hard thing to do, especially in our community where it's very polarized in one direction. Um, that we need to be very careful about setting ourselves into stereotypes. And when people are going, well, you're a Christian, therefore you should think this way. Or, or you're a church pastor, therefore you should think this way and vote this way. Or, um, you know, I think, I think the loss of discourse, the ability to have a conversation where you can be red, white, or blue, you can, you can think on whatever side of, of the uh, political spectrum you want, but you become kingdom focused. You want to look at, I don't care about the religious fervor that's being poured into our political system. I care about Jesus, right? Because we've made an idol. We, we've, we've honestly, we've made an idol out of the church. We've made an idol out of, out of how the church should act in our culture. And we worship that by, by saying, I agree with, uh, with red and I agree with blue. I agree with whatever, whatever the, the voting lines are. Um, what, we've made an idol out of it. Because what we should be chasing after is Jesus. And when Jesus enters the situation comes transformation, not division, but a unity of the body. And when Jesus came on the scene, he came at a time where the Roman Empire had taken control of almost how everyone thinks and breathes and worships and, and, and does trade. The world was heavily under the, uh, the influence of Rome. And the Jews believed, oh, he's coming to rescue us. He's coming to bring us back to our own political structures and, and reinforce our, uh, you know, our kingdom, our, our kingship. But what Jesus brought was not a, a, a human version of a kingdom. He brought the kingdom of heaven. He brought the power of the Holy Spirit to be accessible to the, to the people that follow and believe in the kingdom of heaven. And that has no physical landmark boundaries it it encompasses the globe and so when jesus came and he didn't rise up and overthrow rome and he didn't create an army and he didn't take the king's throne it threw the jews off they it caused them to believe that he wasn't the messiah because their their desire for the messiah was a man that overthrew political structures that wasn't jesus he came to overthrow sin and death not political structures I'd be along similar lines, and I think you brought up a point that really stands out to me. And uh, even when I was reading this, it came out to me. It's the question of how do you define yourself? If you're defining yourself by your political views or how you feel about big topic vaccines, uh, if you define yourself by those things, it's very easy to get drawn into conversations that bring up conflict. If your focus and your definition of yourself is living a life following Jesus, that should be the focus. It would be acceptance among the things that we agree upon. It's not discourse about these things that we don't agree on. And I think that's just some really good thoughts about how we can keep unity by focusing on the things that really matter. The community that... Jesus has placed us in. And that's why I'm really looking forward to this interview with my guest today because she focuses on how she can make an impact on the community, particularly the youngest members of our community. So let's go to the interview with Melanie Falvis.
Well, Melanie, thank you so much for joining us on the Way Niagara podcast. Thank you for having me. And I'm just excited to be able to get to know people in our church um, because we are a community and a community is built around the, the personalities and the people that are a part of it. And so part of the goal behind this part of the podcast is to get to know the community of faith that we are spending time with in groups and in outreach opportunities at, at worship gatherings. So it is just special to be able to have this conversation today. And so, Melanie, just to introduce um, who you are, I want you to kind of take us a bit back in time, a bit about your family history. Well, I was born in Hamilton, and uh, so not too far from here. My husband and I actually were born in the same hospital one week apart. So when my mom was leaving with me, his mom was coming in to have him. Um, we didn't know each other then, obviously. So I grew up and, um, you know, there was some childhood trauma and, you know, some, th- you know, some a lot of uncertainty. But um, when I was a teenager, um, my grandfather passed away and my mom and I went to the funeral and it was close to Easter time. And my mom said, maybe we should come to this church for Easter. Maybe we should start going to church. It was actually a Pentecostal church in Stony Creek that I started going to. And right away, they nabbed me into the youth group. And uh, it was it was fun from then on. So it wasn't this, you know, I had this idea of this boring church in my head. And it wasn't that Um, I had a lot of friends all of a sudden. I remember the youth pastor there calling me up and saying, oh, we're uh, we're going to play this game on, at youth on next week and we'd like you to come. It's called Biblewood Squares. It's kind of a take on that Hollywood Squares game that used to be on. And so I said I would go because I felt pressured, but I didn't know about the Bible. Like I hadn't even opened a Bible at that point. And I thought he was going to put me on stage and have to, everybody would ask me questions about the Bible. So I was terrified and I was really happy when I got to church and realized that it was older people in the congregation that were going to be answering the questions and we could maybe ask the questions and play along. From there, uh, we, after a couple of years, went to a different church. Um, and uh, from there, I was part of a church plant and, um, you know, and so on and so on. So I gave my life to Jesus when I was a teenager at a youth rally. And uh, since then have uh, been a believer and just trying to live my life according to what he would have planned. Oh, that's awesome. And so you didn't meet your husband when you were first born, but you did meet later on. And so kind of at what point in the journey did you and and Mike um, meet each other? So we met when we were um, just about to turn 23. So we were at the end of our 22 um, and we met and um, funny enough, we we had I had gone to Cuga Secondary School and he had gone to South Lincoln in Smithville and our team our schools played against each other for football so he had come out to my school and played football so there were kind of all these kind of weird chance meetings considering that we didn't know each other or live close anyway we, we truthfully met um, and started dating when we were 23 and got married when we were 24 had our first baby at 26 our second baby at 28 and here we are now with two grown daughters wow okay so And so that happened fairly quickly then. So within a year or so, you were getting married. Well, those that know me will know that I like to get things done and I don't like to wait around. Um, And Mike is kind of the same personality. So we both knew what we were looking for. We were both ready to get married and uh, we bought a house and looked at each other and said, well, we better get married before we close on this house. And so we did. And uh, and then uh, wanted to wait a little while to start our family, but God had some plans to bless us earlier than we thought. And we're very happy with how it worked out. 
Excellent. It's it's cool to see just how those things happen and you coming to faith before meeting Mike and he had grown up in a Christian home as you know and so you know you're at that that same place kind of on the faith journey and so how did that maybe change um when you guys got together were you both at different churches at that point or kind of how did all of that work itself out as you were getting closer to marriage it's funny I mean I don't know if I should admit this but where Mike and I met was at a this dive of a country bar in Hamilton and it was the second time I had ever been to a bar in my life and I only went because there was this Garth Brooks impersonator and I liked this particular entertainer so I went with a girlfriend she was engaged I was not looking to pick up a man in a bar Um, and so I figured anyone at the bar was you know not going to be a Christian even though I was there and I was a Christian but you know judging me thought no no way Um, so anyway I ended up meeting Mike we exchanged numbers and I just remember saying to my friend well I'm I'm certainly not going to meet anyone I met at a bar. Um, So Mike and I started talking on the phone. And after a while, I must have said something about church. And Mike said, oh, you go to church. Um, He says, so are you born again? And I thought, well, you may not know that term if you haven't don't have a church background. So I said, what do you know about that? Um, And so he was going to church here in Grassy, and I was going to church in Hamilton. And before long, um, we started just kind of flip-flopping back and forth with our parents' churches between Hamilton and Grassy. Then we went to Hamilton for a while. Then we went to Grassy for a while and, uh, you know, just kind of went back and forth until we were, oh, probably a good five years into our marriage and we moved to Smithville and then we started going to our own church that hadn't been our parents church okay so yes you were trying to negotiate between the two of you kind of which family you know church you're going to be a part of but then you get to that point you move to a new city and that kind of gives you the opening to say no we're going to pick our own faith community and and be there and so you know years later uh, you are a part of way And I always enjoy asking this question because we all have different journeys. We all have different perspectives, but then we come together and be in in a community together. So tell me a bit about the journey of how you found Way. So we have known Chris and Kara for many, many years. Um, And actually Chris's family and my husband's family go way, way, way back for generations. And um, so we knew them, we had gone to church with them. Um, when I when I said when we went to Smithville, we went to this new church, and Chris and Kara were already there as teenagers. So I remember when they got engaged. I remember when they got married. I remember all these things. Kara, as a teenager, was actually also our daughter's swimming instructor um, when she was working at the Grimsby Pool. And um, our daughter sat on the sidelines and cried for a whole week. And Kara was very patient with her. Um, so we knew Chris and Kara, and um, you know our journeys just kept kind of you know going apart and coming back and going apart and coming back. And we're just doing life. But I've always really respected Chris and Kara in their beliefs and in how they live their life. So I, I, I watch what they do. I watch what they do on Facebook. I watch what they do in conversations. And even though they're younger than I am, um, you know, I can look up to them because I see how they're gracious in their interactions and how they're loving in their interactions. And to me, that screams authenticity. And that's what I really look for in a church and in church leaders and in people I go to church with. So I've always had this respect for them. So when they posted that they were going to uh, try out this way church um, and do it, I thought, well, you know what? You're somebody I've always respected. I like the way you walk your Christian walk. So we're in. And uh, we decided to to join the to join Way Church. And that's awesome. And as you know, Way is a bit different. 
and in not meeting on Sundays and things like that. So how was, how was that adjustment for you? Um, you know what, honestly, I like the, the midweek kind of meeting and having some time on Sundays, as does my husband. Um, now our girls, Maddie's pretty dedicated to teaching Sunday school, um, because we also were already going to another church. Um, so, which, um, you know, Chris was the guest pastor many times. So the two churches kind of uh, mesh, but we, you know, so we continue to do that because one of our daughters is, is heavily involved there so we continue to go to both so we do actually go most Sundays um, but we I really enjoy going Thursdays I like that midweek almost end of the week um, chance to catch up you know even if you go to church on Sundays as well a Sunday to Sunday can be a long time so I like that Thursday yeah. check-in that Thursday connection with people and that Thursday connection with God um, that kind of pulls me back in and, and uh, you know sets make sure that my path is aligned for that day. And that's good. And and you're not the only one. There are others that are still a part of Sunday services and other communities. But what I like about that is that there are people that are becoming a part of way, becoming a part of the mission, that are mature believers that are going to help contribute to the outreach and to the mentoring and discipling of new believers. But we are doing that in such a way that we're not taking away from other communities, right? Like you're able to be a part of that community still. And there are others that are having kind of similar things. And that's it's just neat that, and to some degree, it kind of brings up that point that we are all one church. Mm-hmm. You know, those that pr- profess the name of Jesus. And there needs to be more, in my mind, more unity and more collaboration. And so... It's it's a good thing that we have the ability to have connection and deep relationship with other churches and that we're able to walk the, that road because we are together trying to bring the good news of Jesus and to bring the hope and life that comes with that together. We are on the same mission, even if we're doing that in slightly different ways. So it's really cool to see that there are different inroads in different ways that that can happen. Now, I find this very interesting. And when I've gotten to know you a bit, I always tried to learn a bit more about, about this part of your life. And so why don't you tell me a little bit about what you do for work? Sure. I think people are going to find this interesting. Um, so I am the owner of four Montessori preschools and um, I w- so I'm an early childhood educator and Montessori trained as well. And, and so I was working, my, my girls were little, um, they were um, two and four, um, if that, and we were living in Smithville and I was commuting to a Montessori school somewhere else. And I was just feeling like I was at the end of my road at that school. And I kept praying about it. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me, where do you want me to work? Um, and at that point I thought, should I even leave the field? Should, am I being led somewhere else? And I really had no idea. And it was the only time in my life so far that I really felt this pressing. I woke up in the middle of the night and I felt this pressing idea on me. Um, and the name Smithville Christian Preschool kept coming to my head that I was called to open up a school in, in Smithville that would be Christian, that would offer this quality program, um, every, everything like that. And I, you know, I, I, um, I tried to just roll over and go back to sleep and I tried to leave it for a while, you know, um, and it wasn't, I wanted to teach, but I didn't know how to run a business. So I kept thinking, God, you've got the wrong person. You know, I kind of think about Jonah and the whale, right? I'm kind of like, no, no, I want to go the other way. Um, 
And so at that time I was, I was doing an alpha group in Smithville and we broke into small groups afterwards. And there was a pastor of a local church that was in my group. And so he says he was leading this discussion and he wanted prayer requests. And I said, you know, I've got something on my heart and I don't know if it's just a, a harebrained idea because sometimes I can go, you know, zero to 80 in a second. So I said, I don't know if it's just a crazy idea of mine or if it's an idea from God, but I have this idea to open up Smithville Christian preschool. And the pastor said to me, well, if it's a Christian preschool, it's probably not an idea from the devil. <laughs> and <laughs> that makes sense. Right. Um, I've always, I've always remembered that. And I thought, well, you could be right. This could be from God. And so that pastor encouraged me to take the steps forward, but pray every, you know, every step, you know, God, you can shut the door if I'm misreading this, or if this is not your will, but if it is, please open the door. So there were a series of all kinds of things that some might call coincidences. Um, some might call God incidences, um, but there are a series of things that happened that I, as I kept praying, it felt like God was giving me the thumbs up saying, keep going. Um, so one of the things was to start a Montessori school, all of our activities we call jobs. So um, all the jobs are on trays and baskets. So you need a lot of materials like that. And my girls and I were out shopping one day and this store, High and Zells, I'm dating myself. I know there was a store called High and Zells and it was closing. And they had the big sale. And so the girls and I went in and I'm throwing everything in the basket that if I open this school one day, I'm going to need all this stuff. And so I'm throwing it in and not even keeping track of how much it costs. And then I thought, how am I going to go home and tell my husband that I have this, you know, I've had this idea. I still don't know if I'm going to go forward with it, but I bought all these materials. And so I remembered as I was shopping that Mike and I had found this um, bank account that we had that had $50 in it. And it was just an extra bank account. I don't even know where it came from. So I remember praying, you know, it doesn't have to be God, but if this could possibly be close to $50, then I don't have to go home and say, oh, I took it out of our own, you know, personal account that we need to pay bills. And so, I, as I said, I had not added it all up. It goes through bing, 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 and it's $49 and something. Um, <laughs> so there were a lot of different things that happened where I just felt God kept pushing me on. Um, so in 2006, I opened Smithville Christian Preschool. And because I have a background in Montessori, that's what it is, is a Montessori school. Montessori schools now um, normally are not affiliated with Christian. These are just two things that are very important to me, my faith and Montessori education. So I put them together. And um, as I felt led and, uh, you know, started out, my, my two daughters were in there. I had an amazing group of girls that first year, all girl class, and they loved to learn. Um, and so that was what I that was what I thought it would be. It was actually in our home at the time. We had a separate classroom at the back with its own entrance and everything. And I thought that would be it for life. That's what I was going to do. Um, in 2019, we found a lot and built a house. So we moved out of town and I didn't really understand God's plan. Um, I was, it was very exciting, but I thought, okay, we have to find a place for the school. So after much prayer, we found the place at the train station in Smithville and uh, started renting there and business boomed from there. Even it, business was fine, but business boomed um, once we were out of my house and we've had children, we've had children coming from Dunville. We've had them coming from Bimbrook, Stony Creek. Creek, Hamilton, everywhere. And so we were full and full and full. And I kept looking for more space. And one day a parent came in from Dunville and she said, oh, this drive from Dunville. And I said, oh, if there was space in Dunville, I'd open another location. And she said, oh, my work has space. <laughs> so she works for the Haldeman Pregnancy Center and they have an old school that had a whole top floor of classrooms that they could rent. Um, so I went down that path. So in, in, um, in 2021, we opened up 
Dunville and then Dunville boomed. So we opened up a second room in Dunville. And then in 2022, just in September, we opened up Vineland and Grassy. Um, so Grassy takes our spillover from Smithville, as well as some Grimsby people, because it's right on the Grimsby Mountain. And Vineland takes, uh, you know, the students that are that area. So we right now have four locations, and I'm just excited to see where God's leading and where we're going next. That's really exciting. And I've gotten to know you kind of during that journey. Um, of adding the schools. And that's just been really neat. Now, I do want to learn a little bit more because this is different, right? In the way that a lot of other preschools are run. So first, why don't you tell me a little bit about the difference like with Montessori, mm -hmm. and then we'll talk about the Christian side of things. So why don't we start though with what is the difference like with a Montessori uh, preschool? So um, I could talk forever on this, so I'll try to uh, condense it. So Maria Montessori was the first female doctor in Italy. Um, she studied children. She was born in 1870, so we're talking years ago. She studied children and how they learned and figured out that our brains are sponges and those developmental years between the ages of two and six are when we absorb everything. So she learned from there how to build materials, how to teach. She developed this method. So the principles of it that are that the children work at their own pace um, and that they we encourage independence. We have a lot of early readers, early mathematicians, because as the children are ready, we just keep putting it, um, you know, out there for them. So as I said earlier, we call everything jobs. Uh, mummies and daddies have jobs, and it's the children's job to learn when they're there. So we have different learning areas. They're having a ton of fun doing things like using tongs and scooping and spooning and some math and counters and things like that. But we don't have, say, little tykes toys because they have those at home. So in the schools, they're there to learn. Learn, and we do we do phonics even as as the early age of two we do French we do music um, you know we we try to maximize that period between two and six where their brains are sponges and just give them everything that they can take in that's really interesting so it's a little bit more structured and and having a an educational side more than child care correct right yeah. I, okay yeah. and so where does Jesus find his way in this? What's kind of the Christian side of what you're doing? So now that I'm not teaching, I can't speak for the daily routine in every um, every classroom. I do more the admin and I go in and I visit. Um, but when I started it, um, and I believe it's still happening uh, most of the time now, is we would do the children's devotional Bible. Um, and let me preface by saying everybody's welcome at our schools whether they're christian whether they're not christian whether they've set foot in church ever again or every before ever before um everybody is welcome so we are there and we read a children's devotional bible so it's a story that the children are going to enjoy um, we say uh, we say prayer so whether it be at circle time there or before meals and that's teaching the children gratitude so we talk a lot about creation we talk about you know God made us we talk about um, being thankful for things but we talk about it um, so that everybody feels included so even if they don't understand who this God is they're still able to say thank you for you know thank you for my mommy and daddy thank you for you speak thank you for Batman all the time um, things like that 
So, um, you know, we really try to just love on everybody and everybody's welcome. And, uh, you know, around Christmas and Easter and things like that, especially we're going to talk to them about baby Jesus being born at Easter. We talk to them about, you know, how we have these um, black spots of sin on us, imaginary black spots, and Jesus takes it away. So we do things like that. Um, and we incorporate it into our program more organically than structured. Okay. Now that's really interesting, right, too, because not only that, like families also through the school meet each other and there's interaction between kids and, and that I'm not saying that you are doing this solely to evangelize and convert. Like, I'm not saying that at all, but there is something really special about when you have people from diverse experiences that are able to meet and have organic situations. And even to think that if there's a child that that came through the program that maybe remembers that mm-hmm. 20, 30 years down the road. And I know that you're, the school is, you said about 16, 17 years now. So your first students are kind of getting into their early twenties. And so I'd love to sit down with, with one of them at some point and hear like, you know, what do they remember from, you know, that time in the school? So that's, that's really neat. Well, it is because, and one of my favorite memories of school, we we would put on this Christmas concert back when it was still in my house. So it was just a small little thing. The parents could come and there was one little boy who lived with his grandparents or, you know, whatever grandparents, parents could come. And it was a middle of the day thing. And the children got up and performed. And um, we actually caught up with a lot of our students recently. And I did some, where are they now things. And a lot of them said they remembered those Christmas concerts. Anyway, this one Christmas concert in particular, I'm standing with the children up front and I'm looking out at the parents and grandparents and I looked in the front row and there I know these parents and grandparents and I know what they do for a living so on the first seat I see a pastor so you know he's dressed in normal clothes I know he's a pastor lovely man the next seat beside him was a grandfather who I do not believe goes to church um, or has anything to do with it. And he was there with his um, Harley Davidson biker t-shirt with a scantily clad woman laying across it. So you've got the pastor and you've got this grandfather. And the two of them were so, um, you know, were so submerged in this concert and they were so excited to see their child and grandchild up there. They had a common interest. And I absolutely loved that they had this common interest and it did not matter which background you had. They just loved what their child and grandchild were doing and that's what we were there for and that's great and and for our our listeners right it's it's a good reminder that part of way being a part of way is not about trying to bring people to churchy programs or anything like that but rather to be equipped encouraged discipled in our everyday lives And so we wanted to highlight the preschool and we wanted to highlight Melanie in this way, because I think it's a great demonstration of how faith is being lived out in the marketplace, right? You talked about how this is a business and you now have staff and there's all these things that are going on and that's really exciting. Um, But yeah, you are bringing your faith, you are bringing your love for Jesus into the marketplace and it is making a definite difference in people's lives and so that's just a cool thing that because we want to get to know what is going on in niagara what are people of faith doing and how can we kind of partner and encourage each other and and so as we're kind of closing 
what I wanted to ask you about is because there's there's school system, whether it's preschool or regular like educa- like education there. What would you say, like, how would you encourage parents to engage in their children's education, both from an educational perspective, but also from a faith perspective? Because, you know, not every school kind of carries the values that are at home. And so how would you kind of talk to a parent about engaging in their children's education? I guess I would say, obviously, this is what I do for a living. So I'm very passionate about early childhood education. But truthfully, this is the opportunity to get your child started on a path that where they love to learn and they're growing and they're learning everything that they possibly can. So I would say first, before you even get there, choosing the right environment is so important. Obviously, I'm biased. And I think that, you know, Dunville Christian Preschool and Smithville and Vineland and Grassy Christian Preschool are all, you know, wonderful. There are other places that are wonderful as well. So I just encourage people to do their their research and find something that's going to stimulate their child's mind. And it's not just child care. Um, and even for JK and SK, we do JK and SK um, in our schools. So, you know, find a program, whether it's elementary school, whether it's Catholic school, whether it's ours, find a program that you think is going to be best suited for your child and is going to help your child reach their potential. The government has come out with all kinds of new rebates now. So child care fees, and we're still considered child care, even though we're a Montessori private school, um, child care fees are, have been reduced by 52%. This gives people an opportunity to explore different programs that they maybe couldn't have afforded before. So I would say first, know what you're getting into, do your homework. And from there, um, we have we try to have very good communication with the parents. So we send photos of the children, what they're doing in the day. We talk to parents. We try to build those relationships because we want to come alongside them and ha- and help their child reach their, their child's potential with them. Um, so everybody, I hope everybody at our schools feels welcome. So parents are, um, we don't have them in the classroom during the, um, you know, during the time that we're learning, but at pickup time is a time that we can talk with them and connect with them. We do some parent information nights. We're going to do, uh, you know, one coming up, an educational night for parents. Um, so get involved, I would say, get involved from everything anything you can um, and then support those teachers obviously because our teachers are out there um, they are loving on your children and they are absolutely wonderful teachers so being kind and compassionate and supportive to the teachers goes a long way as well that's really good well melanie it has been a pleasure to to have you i'd love to have you back there's many other things in your story that we can talk about but this was really great to kind of get to know you and those of you that are listening, I just hope that you really kind of grab a hold of that is just being a light and being an encouragement, even in whatever school environment that your kids might be in, to be kind, to be engaged, to be involved. And um, because children are a gift from God and, and they're very important. And so being able to engage in that way is, I think, a really really good thing. And so thank you so much, Melanie, for being on the program. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. For more information about all things Way, check us out on Facebook or wayniagara.ca. And of course, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss our next episode. Thank you for listening and bye for now.